I'm Alex and this is the Northern Guide to Happiness. Welcome to episode 29. Thanks to everyone who's listened so far and welcome if you're just joining us. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with Chris and Kath. Hello, how are we? Why I? Not bad, thank you. Why I? I'm much happier now than I was this morning. Oh, tell us, what's happened? I've, I've had separation issues for nearly 24 hours because I stupidly left the office last night, leaving my iPad all on its own on my desk. Oh, no. Poor iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Poor cat. (laughs) If it had been my phone, I would have been laughing all the way, but my iPad is different. And so I, I, I had to resort to reading a book last night. It was what? <laughs> which which was most enjoyable and made me think again about having an addiction to iPads. Mm. But I was so pleased this morning when I went in and there it was, all safely tucked up and fully charged. <laughs> it was lovely. So yes, I'm that, glad you've been re- reunited. Been reunited. That was my trauma for the day. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Uh I don't know. Like you, Alex, a little bit earlier, we were kind of saying, oh, is it only Wednesday? And just, it's, it seems to be quite sluggish, but I'm actually quite looking forward to the weekend because um, I'm off up to the old country, going up mm-hmm. to Edinburgh because they've got one of these. So the Edinburgh Botanic Gardens is like one of my favouritest places in the entire world. And they've got one of these um, kind of Christmas lights Kind of festivals mm. thing. So we've had tickets oh, for it for what feels like about 10 years <laughs> now. <laughs> and we've been planning this trip um, to go up and stay with my mum uh, and, uh, and then sort of get all the nice kind of warm coats on and, and sort of wander around the Edinburgh Botanics in the dark, which would be great. Uh, the very weekend is now full with all sorts of weather warnings for dire stuff like gales and uh, sleet showers and stuff. So it might be horrible, but I don't care. Absolutely. It'll be great. To. It'll yeah. be great. Yes, I've seen the forecast. We need to get the uh, the cover on the camper van. Protect mm-hmm. her from those elements. Yes. Definitely. Well, I started our Christmas shopping this week. <sighs> I bit the bullet and I started the Christmas shopping. Too nice. early. No, no. <laughs> Susan's practically finished it. My wife. It's a, it's a debate, isn't it? Too early. <laughs> yeah, when, when's the yeah, right yeah. time? Too early, too late? Yeah. Kath, are you one of these that's, that's uh, running around on Christmas Eve? No, um, no, no, not quite that bad. But 1st of December is is the opening time. Yes. First day of Advent. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, pre- yeah. I'll pretend I'm very calm about it. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a swan. That, that's it. That's me. Calm on, calm on the outside, going crazy underneath. <laughs> I think technically the first day of Advent is this Sunday rather than Monday the 1st. Mm-hmm. Right. It depends which why? calendar you're looking at, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Is, is it Advent calendar or is it yeah. my is it scrubby, the church, church scrubby, calendar? Yeah, 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 yeah. Day <laughs> You're absolutely well, right. Well, I've started my shopping anyway. Well, good, good for you. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> How did it feel? <laughs> Congratulations, Alex. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> On that note, shall we introduce <laughs> this week's guest interview? Yay. Uh, last week we had Emma and this week it's Jordan's turn. Jordan is our other crucial member of the podcast production team. He works with Emma on this podcast, making sure each episode sounds fabulous. 
We had a really good chat about what it's been like working on the podcast, his working life and things that bring him happiness. So enough of me talking. Here's Jordan. Jordan, a very warm welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Uh, We had your partner in crime, Emma, on last week on the podcast. So it's only fair that we uh, we get you on to talk to us about happiness. Yeah, of course. It's it's first thing Monday morning. It's fine. It's nice (laughs) to be up early and get um, going with the day. How are you feeling? Are you a morning person? I'm not quite sure no. whether I'm a morning morning person or not. I've not quite figured that out. I'm horrific on a morning. I, most of my well, stuff, that bodes well for the interview. Yeah, most of my activities <laughs> happen after 12pm. Oh, 12pm? Yeah, that's the right one. 12pm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything you're looking forward to this week? I've just started a new job, so Ooh. I'm quite excited to get back to that because I've only had one shift so far and it's good fun and I'm learning on the job so it's always one of them things where you're in a new environment and you just it's nice to be surrounded by new people as well you get used to the same sort of mundane faces yeah. in a sense and it becomes a bit like Stockholm syndrome you're like oh god it's happened again it's it's, <laughs> it's happening again and you get used to it all and uh, but yeah the new environment is great and I absolutely love it so I cannot wait to get back to be honest Well, we'll maybe talk a little bit more about your new job later on, but can you perhaps just introduce yourself for the listeners? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. So um, one of the ways that Alex knows me is because I am one of her editors and producers uh, of the Northern Guide to Happiness, like Emma was (laughs) last week. So there's two of us. Uh, We just do it simultaneously, one week on, one week off. And yeah, it's great fun. Um, It's good experience and I like listening to them every single week for a good two hours and just picking out all the little nitty gritty stuff. And yeah, I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to this sort of thing. So I literally will take out breaths and I'll but take out... But that's what we out... want. That's yeah, what we exactly. want. We want perfection. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're striving for. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, but elsewhere, um, I am a presenter on um, Durham On Air. Uh, which is a brand new station in County Durham. I host the Sunday Alternative show based around indie and rock music, which seems like a strange time for like that sort of show, really loud and obnoxious, in-your-face music. Um, but that was the manager's take on it all. He wanted something a bit different on a Sunday night, something away from the sort of lovely harmonic strings that you might get on radio two and the nice jazzy vibes on uh, six music or something like that he just wants something loud and obnoxious and it's working it's working uh it's a great station um uh, it's got quite a few famous faces on that are like sort of ghosts of bbc past um <laughs> And yeah, it's a nice team as well. There's, it's a real sense of community in the team that I really like. Um, a lot of belief in the project, and it's it's coming for, to fruition. I'm not sure if I'm not if I'm meant to say how good it's getting, but I think it's been announced Go for that it. yeah. we're go, we're going on DAB in January. <gasps> so we're going to be exciting. Yeah, we're going to be the only non-commercial brand in the Durham area that's on DAB. I believe is the case. Uh, because there was a new like um, 
application that was put into place a couple of months ago. And there's going to be a few DAB stations popping up around the region. And a lot of them are based in Newcastle. I think there's one or two in Sunderland, one in Teesside, and then we've got the one in Durham. Uh, which Excellent. is incredibly exciting. Uh, means say, gonna... How does that feel? Exciting. Yeah, it's incredibly exciting. It means we're going to hit a lot more people. Um, we've only been on the internet so far, so if you knew about us, you knew about us. If you didn't, you would never find us. Um, but it means a lot more people are going to be listening, which is great. I might have to tone it down a little bit as well because I do no, go a bit no, obnoxious no. on air. Um <laughs> My favourite is to say to people that we're going on a celestial voyage together and we grab each other's hands and we just fly through the stars. Um, that's, I don't that, even know what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> I just make up mumbo jumbo on air, but it's good crack. <laughs> it sounds like you're having a good time then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so going back to the happiness podcast then, you know, no, no pressure, but what's it been like working on, on the project? It's been great fun. Um, there's a lot to do on it in terms of just getting your head around it all and making everyone sound as clear as possible. You can tell that there's a digital barrier sometimes when it comes to this sort of thing. Everyone does bounce off each other, but it's in an un sort of naturalistic way because yes. of the digital gap. Yes. You sort of you can't read people's emotional cues, and you mm-hmm. can't blame yourself or calf or chris for that but it's one of them things if you were in a room together i think that it'd be sound a lot more naturalistic and it'd work better but at the same time i think this is the the best alternative i think the pandemic has shown us that we can do stuff like this all the time and you can get anyone you want and it means you can get better guests as well because they're only they're available um through the internet so you can just say oh have you got five minutes on a morning next week or something like that and it's that's the beauty of it all but yeah it is it's missing something but it's still yeah, great yeah yeah <laughs> maybe we need to treat ourselves to a, a studio session at some point and and, and get in face to face but I, I totally know what you mean because you know we've been doing it now for nearly 18 months yeah and there'll still be those sort of awkward pauses when we all stop talking at the same time to be polite to let somebody else talk and then we all talk together at the same time so I totally totally get that um have you listened to any of the episodes or do you just crack on with um doing the sort of editing at either end have you listened to any of the interviews yeah I do listen to them every now and again um sometimes I just just crack on it is a job at the end of the day you just yeah, sort of want to yeah. get it done uh but sometimes when I've been more intrigued I, I'm terrible with names absolutely horrific I, I meet new people and I'm like Mm, forgot your name I'm already. much better with faces yeah I can remember a face but never a name the one that really spiked my interest was the club owner of headquarters I can't uh, remember his Tom name Tom Corker yes, yes. I-, I listened to that one in full and I really enjoyed that one in particular um I thought it was an incredible story and it just uh shone a light a bit more on that sort of uh underground scene as it were which you don't really get often in in, uh, in these podcast sort of things, which I thought was nice to see from a different perspective other yeah. than like a club goer, a DJ, a raver sort of thing. It was nice to see the logistics behind it a bit more on that mm-hmm. one. So I really that enjoyed was, that one. It, that was a fascinating interview, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Tom as well. Was happiness something that you thought much about before the podcast? 
do you, do you think much about happiness and your own happiness and what it means um yeah i'd say i do um it definitely hit me more when the pandemic hit and um pandemic 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 uh <laughs> the pandemic hit um i was already feeling a bit down beforehand i was doing my masters and i wasn't enjoying it to be honest mm. um but when the pandemic hit that's when it really took a bit hold and I sort of stepped back from it all a little bit and knew my limitations um, and then fell back into the trap when I started to take more stuff back on and took too much on and then did it all over again and got incredibly overwhelmed too quickly and had to say, sorry, I'm out on a few things, which I do regret in a sense because I was enjoying them and I think my head wasn't in the right space at the time to even say yes to them at the beginning. But I've learned from my mistakes now and I feel like I can sort of juggle more in sense mm-hmm. that um, I'm, I know my worth. I've got to a point now where I, I really do sort of think to myself, am I worth it for doing this job for free? Because a lot of the time it's like, why don't you come volunteer with us? Why don't you come do this? And we'll pay you in a couple of months. And I've become a lot more wiser that I think... I think it's just after a couple of years, you do it for so long and you, you're not, no, I need to get paid now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to get on with my life and potentially buy a house and uh, settle down as it were. But like, it's just, yeah, I think my happiness has gone up and down over the last couple of months. And I think a lot of it's just come down to like working and enjoying life in between. Um, I don't think I've been enjoying my life as much as I should be, <laughs> in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, I've been trying to get out as much as possible, but to me, the happiness is like the pub with a couple of pints and mates. That's the best stories for like your radio stuff. And if you've got no inspiration for that, you're not going to be able to produce your best work. So that's one of my big takes on it. <laughs> I think as far as work goes, particularly when you're freelance, it's quite hard, isn't it? As you were saying there about, you know, juggling the whole um, getting paid versus doing stuff for for free or doing stuff voluntarily. And it's a really tough one. And it's a it's a debate that that goes on all the time in various freelance networks around around that. And I, I don't know what the answer is, really, but I think often you end up doing more than what you said you would because you're passionate um and particularly with this podcast um the amount of sort of in-kind time that we we put into this to make it happen but at the same time as you say exposure doesn't pay the bills does it Mm. you still need to put you know food on the table pay pay the rent pay the mortgage pay the bills and it's a it's a real juggling act isn't it so uh I'm not saying I've got the answer I I don't (laughs) don't think there is no answer that's the real thing that um (laughs) But every time it's like, oh, do you fancy coming down to London to just meet us? It's like, well, well yes, do you fancy paying for the 100 quid train tickets yeah. it's going to cost me to get to London? <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, people just don't think, do they, that it's not just, uh, yeah, it's not just your time. It's, yeah, petrol, it's train fare, it's accommodation, yeah. all of that. Uh, yeah, no. I've totally been dealing with that. the petrol conundrum since I was seventeen. I needed a car straight away just to get me about Stockton. And, oh... 
I still look at the petrol prices and think, oh my God, what a waste. What a waste. I know. It's just going, but the, 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 they're just going up and up at the minute, aren't they? I mean, oh, we've got don't. a. We've, we've got an old uh, VW camper van and uh, since they brought the new E10 in, we can only put the super premium E5 in her and not many petrol stations do that one and it's so expensive. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's painful. We've got an old Mini Cooper and we're going to have to do the same thing once it's out of the garage. It's just gone in for its MOT after three Good years luck. of... Um, maintenance and fixing uh, my girlfriend's done it all it's not been me i can't take any credit i've literally just bought a part over the years and that's been about it i can't get under the thing it's too small for me it's like claustrophobic <laughs> if it was a bigger car I might have took a bit more of an interest but every time i sit under it i'm like oh my gosh i'm too close too it's close too to close what colour is it? It's bright red. It's just nice. a classic mini nice. red. Um, and uh, does it have a name? It's called Bert. Excellent. I don't Excellent. know why she chose Bert, but it's Bert the RSP Mini, which is like this special edition uh, Mini Cooper, like one of 1,000 that was released in 1990 when the... Oh, I know too much about it. It's a bit sad, but it was like... We'll, we'll, we'll both go off on, uh, yeah, a bit of a tangent. Where it's probably best not to do that for the podcast. We, we, we'll go all geeky on the on the listeners and they'll yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I can talk for England about our camper van. It's, uh, yeah, it's a big passion. Oh, that's great. I didn't know you had a mini. That's nice. <laughs> so you said your sort of happiness levels have gone up and down. Mm. How do you How do you manage that? Well, I found when everything got started opening back up again that I was probably missing like a bit of exercise so I started going back to the gym and I found it was giving me a bit of sort of a reason to get out of bed and mm. you get sort of a bit um, caught up in a laptop at home and you never get out of the house and if your friends don't want to go to the pub or anything like that you sort of you're definitely in the house and I was finding myself going to like McDonald's on the morning just to go get a coffee because it was a reason to just go for a drive and sit in mm-hmm. the car for an hour before doing anything. Because when it's freelance, you sort of just do it when you can and there's no rush on it as much. Um, uh, but then I joined the gym again and I lost a couple uh, pounds and, and I just started feeling a bit more happy because it was an activity, it was enjoyment, it was just something to do and... It wasn't the fact that it was like people around you because I don't like the fact that there's people around you. I'd rather exercise on my own. Um, I'm one of them people that wax on my headphones. I won't even acknowledge the receptionist to go into the gym. Um, I like to just put them on and come out when I'm just not feeling it anymore. I'm just a bit hungry. I'm and totally the same. Totally yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I never understood that about gyms, especially like there's a couple of things like mirrors in gyms. No, why no, do they have mirrors? No. no one wants a mirror. You want a mirror in front of the, the weight stuff and that's it because you need to look at your form. But apart from that, you don't need mirrors everywhere. You don't want a mirror while you're running on a treadmill or pedaling a bike. <laughs> Well, you don't have that when you go and ride outside or run outside. No, exactly. You don't have a little mirror in your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm with you on that, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I just found it was giving me a bit more confidence again to get back into the open world. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed, surprisingly, 
is because when you're in the pandemic, you, there's less opportunities. I was, I'm a graduate. I graduated last November. There was nowhere near enough opportunities for... This hasn't been addressed by government at all. I, I feel like it's one of them things that has really been brushed over. Is the amount of opportunities for new graduates over the last year has been horrific, and mm. the the government have done little to nothing about it. They did some. Oh, I'm gonna go on a right little tangent now, but they did something called like the Kickstarter scheme, where yes, it was. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah six months placements in like cool there was there were loads of employers doing it essentially the government were paying their salary instead of the actual company which meant that loads of cool little indie places were doing these sort of schemes the only difference was you had to be on universal credit which was the massive kick in the teeth for me because i'm doing retail i'm doing bar work and I can't apply for these little six-month schemes because I've actually thought to myself, let's go and get out of bed and get some money, which was even worse. But <laughs> enough of that. One of the things I've really enjoyed was I did take up a bar job during the pandemic. And my God, I didn't realise how much fun that would be. I, I love it. Absolutely <laughs> I think, I think love every, it. I think every young person has to work in a bar or oh my God. Sort of hospitality. I can't I, I recommend did. it yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. I worked in retail for absolutely years and I never realised that like something that's quite mundane and like minimum wagey could be so much fun. Like when I started at this bar, I just realised being surrounded by people your own age and going out and just serving people who are actually happy to be there mm-hmm. can be a lot of fun and it, yeah it's brought me quite a lot of happiness really uh, and I don't know why I sort of half look forward to the shifts which is a strange thing to say but like I never thought I'd like it as much as I have and yeah I'm really enjoying it at the moment that particular side of my life there's a lot to like the listener might have picked up on by now i've got like six jobs at this point because <laughs> just six i think it's about six yeah <laughs> oh, uh because it's just the way i balance life i'd rather do eight hours here and eight hours there uh, than 40 hours in one place because that's when it becomes boring <laughs> variety what is it variety is the spice of life gives yeah. you a, gives you a flavor of different things yeah why not as you said as you said before at the start of the interview rather than sort of getting stuck in one place you've you've got all of this uh you know variety going on i suppose that's what that's what freelance works like as well isn't it you you work go from one job to another to another you might have one steady thing but then lots of other things going on as well and i think mm. that's what makes it as you say what makes life exciting but you've got a new job yes is, that, is this job number seven then <laughs> i think it might be you know it might actually be job number seven at this point um yes i just started at bbc T's as a freelancer i'm going to be a broadcast assistant and other bits and pieces that i imagine but at the moment i'm going to be a broadcast assistant which essentially is the person that just works behind the scenes and does all the little um, niggly stuff that no one no one wants to do um sort of <laughs> puts the music into the system answers the phones sort of that sort of thing and builds up the log but it's it's been my dream to work in like a radio station pretty much like half my life i've always wanted to i knew when i was in college i had to work in audio i thought i wanted to be a musician or a like a producer like on the music side of things but then i realized nope you're terrible at it jordan go and do something else that involves audio and then that's how i got into radio i started while i was at university in sunderland 
and I did that for years and I wasn't particularly good at it, but I just kept on working and working, uh, being a presenter. I work behind the scenes as well. And I think when you surround yourself by people who actually think you can be good in your job and you can reach your maximum potential, you only get better. I found that a lot with the Spark lot in, in Sunderland uh, University that they were so keen on trying to push me into doing better that I sort of would reach my goal and sort of would realise that I have the potential to do this as a career. And that's sort of come to fruition now. It's been a very, like, underwhelming sort of at all a sudden experience. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, I got a call a couple of months ago. It was like, oh, Jordan, we've heard your stuff because um, you applied for this. Do you want to come in and freelance for us? Uh, but we can't get you in yet because of COVID regulations. So it's going to be another couple of months yet. Um, and then all of a sudden, I got a text last week saying, Jordan, do you fancy start on Friday? <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm free on Friday. I can come in. And yeah, it's. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know how many shifts I'm going to get, but it's the first foot in the door I've had since I left university. The first physical foot I've had in the door, let's say, since I've Literally had in Literally physical, yeah. yes. And it was so nice to just see that environment and everyone just getting on with it and working and yeah it felt like it felt like everything was getting a bit more back to normal so was there a, a not a turning point but was there a moment for you or a, a, a moment of inspiration what was it that made you think i want to be in in radio for a career did you did you spot somebody else doing something similar what what was it so i've listened to like radio stations all my life and there's a lot of inspiration. So when you go to like these sort of conventions and these radio awards and stuff like that, uh, there's always like the same answers. Oh, I was really inspired by Chris Miles. Oh, I, I love Greg James on the Radio One Breakfast Show. And then I would come out with like, oh, I, I used to listen to Stephen Curran a lot on Metro. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like who? <laughs> like people from around the country. Oh, Stephen Curran. Um, That's very local. <laughs> yeah. I used to listen to Stephen Curran a lot. And when I was like inspired to do this sort of thing, I started listening to a lot of Six Music and Lauren Laverne became like one of my saviors. I think mm-hmm. she's such an inspiration for anyone around here because... There was this lovely speech last week when I went to this award ceremony from this Geordie lad. He's been all over the papers. You might have seen him called Chrissy Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, he won Best Newcomer at the end. He did this lovely speech where basically it was like, anyone can do it even if you are a Geordie. And it's quite a worrying thing, but I always remember the first day I ever went into university, they said, You'll have to try hard on this course, but you'll have to try even harder because you've got the Geordie accent to get into it. And Interesting. It's always been, that statement has always been in the back of my mind. And it's sort of a bit worrying because you do look at the scale of like the just sort of what it's like out there. And it's all very like Southern white male, a lot of it. And mm-hmm. that's the worst thing. There's not enough diversity in the whole industry, but when I was like looking up to like inspirations, it was always like the the Geordie presenters or the ones that were a bit more unique. Um, mm-hmm. I always had this particular one called Phil Taggart on Radio One, 
who I absolutely love because he used to come out with these analogies that I don't think anyone else in the world could ever think of. And it used to really like transport me to what he was thinking. And he was doing a similar genre of what I wanted to do. So the whole reason I got into it is just because I am obsessed. And I mean like absolutely obsessed with like Indian rock music and electronica and stuff like that. Um, I, I listen to it so much like on repeat and every single week there's a new album out. I've, I've already listened to it. I've got quite a big vinyl collection that I love to uh, collate together. And um, yeah, it's just been one of my passions ever since I was like a teenager to listen to as much music as possible. Uh, even back then I was loving, like I used to listen to a lot of dance music and I, I don't know how I made the switch, but I did at some point. <laughs> uh, probably because I thought indie was cooler, but anyway. Um, yeah, I when I got to university, it was like, I want to just play that music while potentially talking in between it and that's where the love of it grew and I started to get a bit better and understand how to talk about like music and what people wanted to hear and not want to hear and yeah that's why Yeah. (laughs) yeah I'm a big fan of that scene as well I mean I I remember because I grew up in I grew up in London and I remember I was 17 and I saw, I think in the space of a couple of months, I, I saw Radiohead mm. and Blur, both at Brixton Academy. And right, okay. I was, I was front row um, when song two came on as the sort of the, the, the final the final song on the set for, for Blur. And it was just, oh, just such an incredible experience being right at the front. You know what it's like, jumping yeah. up and down to song two. Oh, absolutely loved it. It was just brilliant. And I've never seen about... Blur. I've never oh, ever no. seen Blur. I've oh. seen Radiohead, but I've never seen Blur. Um, but the great thing about Brixton is that the floor is sloped. Oh, yes. I've been to Brixton before, yeah. Genius, it's, isn't it? It's the perfect venue. It's such a clever design because it just it's on a slope and it means that so it everyone gets a better everyone, view. Everyone can see no matter where you are. It's just, you still it's get a seven-foot guy stood in front of you and it doesn't of make course. much difference. Of course. But, yeah. <laughs> So I think you've probably touched on this already, but what is it about working with, with sound and with radio that, that you enjoy so much? And you, you've touched there on, on your sort of passion for music as well. Um, I think it's sometimes the stories that come from it. When you get people on a more like intimate level, I think this is the beauty of radio, really. it's You can get better stories because people are more um, comfortable to open up when you're on a tv set and there's bright lights and you're feeling hot already because before even the cameras have come on because these big stage lights are shining down in you and you sat on a stage and you're on an uncomfortable chair and then the camera goes live but there's already been this like hour worth of pre-prep to get to that stage you're already a bit uncomfortable and there's not a chance in hell that someone is going to open up as much in that situation than the wood into a radio studio where you've literally just gone in. You can literally take them upstairs, have a cup of tea with them, take them into the studio and flick open the um, audio recording software quickly and put up a fader. And then you're, you're having the conversation there and then it's that simple. And I think that's why radio will never die because there's never 
there's nothing as true as radio. It's it's honest conversations. It's it's turning a lot more. It's turning a lot different now because of the way that people listen to audio and. But at the same time, like podcasts weren't nearly half a thing they were a year ago. We're just moving from one medium to another because we we live in an on-demand society now where everything's just got to be there and then, which is fine. It just means we are digesting it in a different way. But I think that's why radio and audio in particular just won't die. It's just one of them mediums that has come back to fruition over the last two years. People listen to radio more than ever now because it's comfort it's it's if you go to like a greg james in the morning you'll get laughter and games if you go to the huey show on six you'll get you'll get smooth vibes and uh ultimate coolness there's just something for everyone out there but it's it's something that spotify will never offer it's Mm. A level of personalization. It's it takes away the idea of this playlist culture where it'll just shuffle songs uh, that you might like, in particular because you like indie, because you like dance. But it, there's no one talking to you. It gets lonely on a playlist, in my opinion. It gets incredibly lonely, and it sometimes takes that little person in between just having a giggle, saying, "Oh." Um, well, I did this at the park the other day. My dog's now like missing a leg. I, I don't know why that's where my mind went. Sorry, <laughs> but my dog's now missing a leg, and I'm in hysterics in the car um, because of that story. Uh, text in if you've ever had this situation. Um, I've quite often text in, and oh, Jordan from Stockton's had this situation. His cat's missing a paw now. Oh. Um, <laughs> Bless the cat. Um, but yeah, that's why I think radio is great because you don't get that with a playlist. It's it's something that can't be recreated at all. Yeah, I I agree, particularly around the sort of interviewing and, and get, getting people to open up and talk. It definitely feels less intimidating, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I approach somebody and say, you know, would you like to speak on the podcast or, um, you know, do you want to, do you want to work with me on a, on a digital story? As soon as I say it's not a piece to camera, you can see people physically relaxing. Cause they're like, oh, yeah. thank goodness. I thought we were going to shove a film camera in my face. And yeah, you can sort of see the sort of tension as soon as you sort of press, press record sometimes, I think, when you are doing pieces to camera. So yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Definitely. We've talked a lot about your work. Mm. Um, you've you've touched on a few sort of outside of work happiness things. You know what what do you what do you do um, to find happiness? You've talked about uh, going to the pub, having a couple of drinks with some mates. You know maybe you know going to the gym. Um, what about personal happiness? Personal happiness is always found in a venue somewhere in the heart of Newcastle or Middlesbrough or anywhere in the country, to be fair. I do spend a lot of my money on tickets and I'm not ashamed to do that at all. I think I'm happiest in a mosh pit. I've always has been and I managed to find a girlfriend who was also as happy as me, as Larry as when (laughs) she was in a mosh pit as well. And that died obviously over the pandemic which i think killed me off a little bit more as well but now we're coming back out 
I've gone to some fantastic gigs ever since then because I think even the bands were ready for a break and they took two years out and they came back in full force, a lot of them. I went to see a tiny, tiny uh, gig at a small venue in Borough as my first gig back. Um, This band, this metal band that my friend was in called Flatline, it was uh, heavy as anything. And it was in this tiny little venue called Disgraceland. I think I've told this story like 10 times to me, mates, but um, it was in this tiny little venue called Disgraceland, which was literally like a converted free bed terrace. And the <laughs> band were in the, the bay window and the bar was in the um, the kitchen at the back. That's how the best way to describe it. You would just spread out the front room. There were like 70 <laughs> of us. And hands down, that's been the best gig I've had this year because I just felt completely immersed in it all and um i was ready for something to get back into i I knew a lot of the songs but nothing like i would say oh they're the best band ever they're just this local metal band they're really good don't get me wrong i'm not gonna slate them They're, they're absolutely fantastic but to go back into it all and fully immerse yourselves and the band were equally the same that was their first gig back after lockdown they were mm. ready for it. They hadn't yeah. done a gig in two years. I don't even think they were together prior to the pandemic. So they were really like enjoying themselves. And I just like going there and watching the mute bands, having a couple of pints and socializing with mates. And I feel like that's when I'm uh, the happiest, when I can just relax myself and watch some sort of act. I'm hopefully fingers crossed going to Glastonbury next year after four years of waiting the sad mm-hmm. thing is I'll be 25 when I go and I bought the tickets when I was 21 that's depressing <laughs> that is incredibly depressing does that make you feel old it makes me feel <laughs> so old <laughs> I feel like I've aged a lot over the last two years as well I think we like, all have <laughs> I don't know how it might be physically as well i feel like i put on a bit of weight i lost a bit of hair um, <laughs> but that's the that's the cherry on the cake there the fact that i bought these tickets when i was 21 and i'll be going when i'm 25 it'll be worth it though oh it will yeah i'm excited well i think we're probably coming to the end of the uh the interview now jordan and we always sort of we ask all of our interviewees, how do you maintain positive mental health well-being? Do you have any advice or tips that you can pass on to people for things that work for you? So there's a couple of things. One is to never shy away from saying no when it comes to work. I think one of the best things I've ever done is saying, no, I can't do that. And stepping away and taking days off. That's obviously one of the big things with working from home these days that you have the emails on all the time and that's the most draining thing in the world because you always feel the pressure to do it straight away, which is definitely not the case. That's my number one tip, just to keep yourself happy when it comes to like digital interactions because it's so toxic. It's so bad for you. Yeah. Um, you never get away from it all. Point number two is to definitely just go out as much as possible and forget about the balance in the bank account. I know I'm saying this as someone <laughs> as a bit younger and has less responsibility in life, but I, I think that's the way to do it. Um, I've always, I've never lived in my overdraft, don't get me wrong, but I've always lived on the edge of my overdraft because... <laughs> Teetering. 
I never understood people who always say, oh, I don't really fancy going to the, to the pub tonight, or I don't really fancy doing that, because they're where the best memories happen. You don't have good memories online. I seen something the other day that really got me thinking. It was like, name three good memories you've got from social media, and I bet mm. no one can do it. Um, like scrolling through an Instagram or scrolling through a Twitter, you just don't have them. You don't have good memories from doing that. The best memories are got going out and enjoying yourself. So that's what I like to do. I, I, like I think I was listening to Emma the other day, and she likes to go explore. I can't be bothered with that. I am not a walker. <laughs> I've never. As someone dragged me up Rosemary Top in the other week, and I was dying by the end of it. I could not be bothered. It was early as well. I think it was like eight in the morning. I think it was like oh, to try and no. get us up and awake. It was like, no, I, that's not for me. Shall we just go to Weatherspoons and have some breakfast? That sounds better. <laughs> um, but yeah, unlimited tea and coffee at Weatherspoons is the is the dream. <laughs> at, least, at least, at least, doing that big walk, you then earned your breakfast. It didn't feel that way at the time. Okay. okay. <laughs> it just felt like pain. Yes. Absolute death. Well, on that note, Jordan, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Um, Not a problem. Is, is there anything you want to give a shout out to? Oh, nothing really. Just come and listen to me on Durham on Air and it all makes all the difference. I'm on Sundays 7 till 9 with the Sunday Alternative. So if you like your Sundays heavy, come and have a listen. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jordan. Take care. Not a problem. Bye. So that was Jordan. What did you think? Well, it was great to find out more about Jordan because uh, the only interaction on a, on a screen basis that I've had with him, he did a training session for me about my interview technique yeah. and it was absolutely superb. Um, such a nice style of, of telling you what you can do better. <laughs> <laughs> Very so, diplomatic. <laughs> so I, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm sticking to the rules, Jordan. <laughs> but we, we had a bit of a conversation at that session, general conversation and his love of radio came out. So I was delighted to hear that he's actually got a job with BBC Tees. So I thought, wow, success, a career in Beckons, I want your autograph, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) That was a round of applause sound effect, by the way, if people were wondering what was in the background. (laughs) Definitely we should do that. (laughs) And there were a couple of things that that struck me when I was listening to his, his interview. But one that in particular was when he talked about um, place being somewhere where you felt happy. And he was talking specifically about going to to gigs and uh, Mm. which when he was talking about it sounded like my idea of hell. Um, (laughs) But I could totally get where he was coming from because my idea of place is where there's nobody around. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it is, and I was I was reflecting and looking back and thinking, places where I feel happy, and uh, they, they kind of spring to mind, and and when they come to mind, there's there's a happy feeling, which is just incredible, and, and they go back years and years to when you were a child, even how you how you felt when you were some somewhere or maybe with someone, and you just thought this this is really good perfection sort of um, memory creation 
type thing. So I, I really enjoyed listening to him talking about that. And can I admit that I don't really know what a mosh pit is? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll tell me a, a, another informal session. <laughs> oh, there's a New Year's resolution it's the there. Best place, it's the best it, yeah. place to be, Kath. Yeah. It sounds crowded. <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> I, I have been in a mosh pit in in the Scottish Exhibition Centre, but that was quite a while ago. <laughs> but that that is a very happy memory, happy place. Yeah. <laughs> so that was me. I thought it was great, absolutely great. Thanks, Kath. What about you, Chris? Well, I thought we were uh, we were going to be in for a sort of a lecture about sort of very interesting uh, niche. Um, musical tastes when he started talking about Indian rock music. I thought, great. So, sort of the, the, the go and rock scene or something from Delhi until I realized he was actually talking about indie and rock music. So I had to do a little <laughs> bit of adjustment there. Um, no, I, I loved it. I mean, it's, it's, these, these last two interviews have been great. I mean, I always suspected we were in really good hands with, with Emma and Jordan and, and, and listening to Jordan really just kind of, uh, emphasize all the stuff that Emma had been talking about the week before. So thank you guys. You've been. You've been great. You have been so solid. I'm just just thinking about the um, the Northern Guide to Happiness T-shirt collection, which I have yet to start making or merchandising or anything like that. But uh, nothing as true as radio. I think yes, I was just up our that. humdinger, yeah. Jordan. That's great. Um, I I just mm-hmm. loved it. I mean, I think he's absolutely right about radio and how important it is, and audio and all that works. So I'm really glad he's found his his vocation in that um but yeah i mean for for me radio has always been really really important um even when i wasn't listening to it because it was something that my granny always had radio four on you know beyond for the archers and that sort of stuff and of course when you're six or seven you don't listen to it but you're always aware of it in the background so it's always been a it's always been a companion um and now i actually do pay attention to it which is uh which is great but the other thing that he talks about which really struck home with me was when he was talking about digital devices and you know that question about what happy memories have you got from social media yeah maybe there's a handful but i remember thinking something similar a little while ago about kind of what what are the really really happy moments in in your life and the things that you really really treasure and how many of those have actually been mediated by your mobile phone you know mm-hmm. You know, what wouldn't have happened if your phone hadn't been there? Yeah, you probably took a picture of it or you probably recorded it. You probably tweeted an update about it later. But actually, you know, the thing would still have happened if you haven't had the device. So um, I thought that's kind of where you were going with your iPad story, Kath, actually, that you'd sort of you'd sort of left it behind and actually you know, you, you'd, you'd recanted now and sort of iPads, no, no, I don't need it anymore. I'm, I'm now. Well, it's, it's interesting because I can totally equate with your love of, radio and listening to mm. radio and that is mainly what I use it for all right okay <laughs> because yeah. I carry it around with me and yeah. uh, if if I'm in the kitchen it's it's on radio I've got you know rewind and that sort of thing so m- far more radio than any other me- mm. media um and again going back to family I mean I, I've got this instant picture of my mum in the kitchen listening to Whatever it was before, it was Radio Four. Yeah, <laughs> the light program or something. Was it? Something like that. Home, yeah. home service. That's it. Could well have I been. Re- I really appreciated his uh, his honesty about how actually the pandemic for him had its had its low moments. Mm. 
Um, and you know, he's he's just a young one compared to us. <laughs> and, uh, I really appreciated his, his his honesty around. Actually, yes, it, it wasn't great all the time. Actually, and I had some low moments as well as some some really good ones. So uh, I I really appreciated that actually. Um, mm. Yeah. So thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan, and thanks, Chris and Kath, for your comments as always. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk, or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the Northeast through this podcast thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle COVID Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guides to Happiness. Take care and see you all again next week for another episode. Mm-hmm.